0: from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. My name is Dan Ledbetter and with me as always, the lovely, talented, fresh into 2017, uh, wonderful and exotic person, Priscilla McKinney, resident founder and CEO of Little Bird Marketing. Good morning.
1: Good morning. I don't think the word exotic has been used for me before, and I'm a little worried about well, what that. Well, no,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, I I was going through my list of things that I had called you and scratched them off, and I said, well, I've never used exotic before. but no, so I thought you have, I'd. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounded good. And also, uh, I, I think I called you resident, and I've never used yeah, that word either.
1: So. I think you usually call me resident mama bird. Oh,
0: that's true. All right. So that's, I just took out that's the That's why. Bird
1: part. Yeah. So it's cuz this is my nest. But I just so people know I'm not homeless. I, I do have it's a house that I come
0: That's to work. true. <laughs> You're the most high-tech homeless person I know. Right, right. <laughs> well, how are you? We haven't talked since last year, good heavens. It it doesn't seem like it's been a year, but well, it's only been like maybe a month or two, but
1: Right, right. But how is
0: how is 2017 treating you?
1: It is good. It's crazy busy and as always, you know, when people have New Year's resolutions, you know, that includes marketing resolutions. This year I'm gonna get serious. I'm gonna launch this company. I'm gonna you know, really move the needle. I've gotta think about profit. I gotta you know, so I'm hearing all of these things or I'm gonna finally deal with why we're so stuck, or I'm gonna hire a marketing manager. What you know, all of these kinds of things are coming out and we are being a little sensitive about it right now because we've got a lot of people queued up for a February first start. It is when you have a firm this size, you know, we're not And you have to also be careful about who you're taking on and what you're launching at what time. But that's great things to report, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's better than sitting there going, well, I hope we're going to have someone to launch on February 1st.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we'll have plenty of people to launch on February 1st. So we do love to really get to know our clients. And we've had clients for years upon years. I mean, there's people that, like the core of my business, are the people who were with me the very first year. So. It is important to, to me that we choose the right people, and, and not to say that you have to stay forever because some people just come in for a project. That's okay. We're not necessarily hell-bent on we've got to be forever. It's just that we do like to foster those partnerships. We want to be along the journey with people, and last year we hit these great numbers. Great. Okay, how do we bring it up a notch again? What What's the next thing? And, of course, we're always learning, so we're always bringing new things to our clients and our clients' businesses are maturing and also their industries are maturing. And so there's opportunity for us to do new things. So it is very exciting, but it's almost like sometimes I think, gosh, when is this going to settle down? It's never going to settle down. Priscilla, just let it go. It is a constantly and quickly changing marketplace for digital marketing, modern marketing, and it is just a ton of micro actions that have to be organized in the right order. And so it is never going to not be this exhausting. Right, right. got to get over it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. You know, it's one of those things where you just really can't put it in a box like that.
1: No, no. But I kind of come back to just being grateful, I think. I'm, I'm looking at 2017. I'm, I'm grateful for what's ahead. We did a lot of fun things in 2016. Obviously, you know, my time spent with you is pretty much like on my top phonometer. <laughs> oh, well, thank so, you. Thank uh, mine too,
0: actually. You know, it's just as a brief side note, I have to tell you how much I was looking back over, because at the end of the year, I like to go through my files and purge out stuff that I don't need anymore and things that I've been holding on to thinking I would need them. But I went back and I was looking at the the number of podcasts that we've done since we started back in Mm -hmm. June of 2014. Can you believe
1: that? (laughs) Wow. I know. It's like.
0: Uh, And it seems like coming up on two years is, well wait, yeah coming up on three years, good heavens, doesn't seem like that much, but man, it feels like we've just been on this roll and doing all these funny and amazing things for our podcast and it's just been so much fun. And I have to tell you, this is truly uh, one of the highlights of my week and one of the things that I love to do is sit here with my coffee and my... uh, well, my pajamas and
1: Okay. <laughs> you,
0: and uh, talk to you in the mornings. It's so much fun. I have such a great time doing it.
1: Well, and what'd you think of our spectacular, fantastic whatever else we call oh the Christmas show? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good Lord! If that you know, was... it, it's just a great segue for what I asked you to plan for this morning because our we we did this crazy kind of out of the box Christmas show that if you want to go back and listen to that podcast episode, but it features auto harps and ukuleles and poetry readings <laughs> and and some other inexplicable things. Yeah. But to try and do something different, and it, there's not a point to it. Sometimes it's like jazz. If I have to explain it to you, we're done. Yeah,
0: you don't get it. You don't get it. No,
1: you don't get it. And so just to do. Things that are fun, and that's a great segue because I asked you, which we don't typically do prep work for the podcast specifically because I like this really uncanned banter. But I asked you to put a list together of other things you love and also brands that you love so. Let's start with that because I got a couple interesting things I want to talk about with you, and I've got some things ready. Just something I want to share, but I'd like to hear from you about those things you love. And I know that this is audiences, everybody is going to really feel this episode.
0: Oh yeah. Well, to start with, when you sent that a vague request, I was <laughs> I was kind of like, well, is she is she getting me some late. Christmas presents? Is she like, a, like maybe a birthday present is coming up uh, and I'll strictly, expect
1: this... Strictly in-store gifts, Dan. Yeah,
0: stri- <laughs> apparently so. So, but that's all right. So I did the, I did the assignment. Well, are you ready? Do you want to hear yeah, a couple?
1: Yeah, that's okay. These are things that Dan Ledbetter loves.
0: Okay. They're, and they're, they're kind of, well, they're interesting. No, I may have no, no, no caveats. It. No caveats. All right. No, caveats, no, no caveats. One of the first things I wrote down was eggnog. Really? I love that period of time when mm-hmm. Thanksgiving starts and eggnog starts showing up at the store. It's like I swear it's like Breaking Bad for me. It's like I I go to the store and if I see a thing of eggnog, it's like I turn into Gollum and start grabbing them all and putting them in my cart. And this year I feel so good that I didn't gain four hundred pounds from drinking eggnog straight.
1: Mm-hmm. Eggnog, is
0: it good. it just is one of the. It just makes me so happy. It's like I'll I'll come home and I'll. I'll put it in the fridge and I won't touch it for a couple of days and I'll look at it every it, it really is almost thank goodness my wife's a therapist because right. it it, it could get <laughs> it could get really ugly but eggnog was uh, the first thing on my list that makes me happy.
1: Maybe you should consider putting nutmeg in some food during the year and making yourself happy throughout the year.
0: Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. Like,
1: no, no. Yeah, it wouldn't do it. I, I'm
0: just going to have to learn how to make my own eggnog, I think.
1: And, oh, um, it
0: can't be it. very hard. What, what was yours? What was number one on your list?
1: Okay, well, I love it, you know, when you get a new electronic piece of electronics, either a phone, oh. or I, in my world, I also own a credit card processing company, so credit card terminals that arrive, or a new computer, a new screen, anything that has a, a screen. Oh, okay. I love the thin layer of plastic that's that coats it, or even a car, like on my running boards when I got my new car, there's that thin layer of plastic. I love actually being the person who gets to pull it off. And in fact, everybody here knows it. And when we get new things in the office, sometimes people will just appear in my office and hand me, uh, you know, some new device or something. And they're like, just, they don't even say anything. They just wait for me. (laughs) And I'm all, (gasps) look, and they let me peel it off.
0: You know, there is something intrinsically wonderful about that, and I, I can't really put my finger, well, I have to put my finger on it to pull it off. But when you uh, uh, uh. when you pull that thing off, and it like just the separation of the plastic from the article, there is just something wonderful about that.
1: I'm just telling you, it's great. Okay, so one, I'll do my two, and then we'll go All back to right. the other thing. I like being called by a nickname. And not many people call me by a nickname, but I noticed over the years, like if someone that I know calls me a nickname, they always call me that thing. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Like how? Like give me give me a couple of uh, your favorite nicknames that people well, have for
1: you. Kenny Ott, your friend and mine, he always calls me Prisca.
0: Prisca, really?
1: I don't think I've ever heard him call me Priscilla. That is
0: hilarious. I didn't, I didn't even, number one, I didn't even know that that's what he called you. And number two, where did that nickname come from?
1: Well, it's actually the Greek name that my name comes from. Priscilla, you know how nicknames are usually diminutive, like, you know, a smaller version of your name? Right. But Priscilla is the smaller, Illa, like that's a, it's a Greek name. And so that's actually the diminutive. That's the nickname. Prisca oh. is actually the name, which my parents got it from the Bible, which she was a Hellenized Jew anyway, long story. Right. Um, but <laughs> I like it, but you know, with a name like Priscilla, it's pretty formal. And so I do like being called a nickname, you know, Kelly Bell also, she always calls me P she's P. always called me P and I, I've never been called anything else, you know? So I have several people like that who call me something different and I don't know, it's the, the Little it feels to me like a term of endearment. Maybe it's it's interesting. My husband does not use any term of endearment for me. Oh really?
0: Like he doesn't call you babe uh, or sweetheart or anything like that? No.
1: Really? Yeah, he calls me Priscilla.
0: See, Anne does that to me sometimes. Well, no, she doesn't call me Priscilla, oh, but she she'll, that's she'll weird she'll call me Dan or something. I don't. It just seems so formal to me. I don't know. I it's just that's just weird, but okay. interesting.
1: Wow. Okay, what's your what's your number two?
0: All right, my number, and this one is so. I, I it, no,
1: putting caveat. I know. I
0: keep doing. I keep doing that. I keep thinking that. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> I love watching the last twenty minutes of Scarface. Really? I I could sit. And do that, and I have every single day. Like there is just something about the time that Tony Montana like decides he's gonna go to war, and just the last twenty minutes, it's like I, I'm riveted. I am if it's on TV and I turn it on, I cannot not watch it.
1: I've never seen that movie. Oh my
0: gosh! Good. Oh. I know
1: you were gonna hurt me, and I, um, I can't and even also... believe this. If it were on, I wouldn't even know that it was Scarface. I don't even know what it's about, and I don't like old movies.
0: Well, it's not that old of a movie. I mean, it was nineteen eighty. Eighties, right? Yeah, nineteen. It's, it's Al Pacino, and he, it's like his. It's like the greatest role he's ever played. That is so over the top, and in some ways, extremely cheeseball. Yeah. But but it is just the last twenty minutes is so violent and so. <laughs>
1: what it is now we've just well it. now okay. you
0: understand but it's just it is it's that it, you've heard that line say hello to my little friend
1: oh yes uh-huh that's
0: where it came from and oh, it's just okay. this it's this over the top and honestly I, it, it was it was on cinemax the last month or so and so i've i watched either all of it or the last 20 minutes probably five or six times
1: so your turn next and then i'll go so what's your okay. third one
0: all right my third one would be i love listening to new age music <laughs> <laughs> i know i know like i I'll, I'll even throw out the y word i'll say yanni
1: you did not I, you just said yanni on my podcast
0: i'm here's the thing there is something about that floaty <laughs> transcendental <Okay>. synthetic music <laughs> that is like <laughs> that you probably is pre-programmed into every uh, keyboard ever, mm-hmm. I can just sit in a chair and put my head back and I just feel so relaxed. And I, I honestly, I could go to sleep to that any time of the world. It just relaxes me and it's just wonderful. And, and you know me, I'm like hardcore Marilyn yeah. Manson, like yeah, rock like and death roll. Metal. Like that yeah, stuff. that's so,
1: interesting. Do you celebrate Yanni's whole collection?
0: You know I do not okay, celebrate Yanni. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I do not, and
0: in fact I usually deny. I usually right. deny that I listen to it.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, now it's out there for the whole world. I, I love. Okay, we got to move on because we got to talk about some other good brand stuff. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I I love iron sheets. It's. I mean, I, Wait, love, what? My, iron I love ironing sheets. my
0: sheets. Oh, ironing your sheets. Yes, oh, ironing oh. my sheets.
1: I, and obviously, i a live a life where I can't always do that. And also, P.S. You know, Steve takes care of the ho- whole household and everything, and I don't begrudge right. him this, but if I get a Saturday to myself or Sunday to myself and I I love to iron, So I like it's a treat to myself, sometimes I will take that time. It is totally luxury to me. I will iron my sheets and put those sheets on. And I just, if if you don't know what I'm talking about, the feel of getting into freshly ironed sheets is just not, not warm, you know, but iron sheets, it it, it is amazing, which is really crazy because the journal, the actual research that I want to talk about today about branding, she mentions this. There's one of the case studies where one of the people in it love iron sheets. And I just thought it was just hilarious.
0: Really? Now, I, you, you said you love ironing.
1: Yeah, I do love ironing. Do you
0: really? That is like, I, see, uh, I'm just as blown away as you were about the whole New Age music thing. That oh, is so such, weird to me. Like
1: It's a meditation. It's so calming, and it's like putting something in order and writing something that's been wrong. And
0: So just, it's like a zen. It's a zen beautiful. kind of thing. It
1: is so zen. Okay, so give me a couple brands you love.
0: This one I really had to think about. There are a few brands that I really, really love. And the first one, being that I'm a drummer, mm-hmm. I love Sabian cymbals. Mm. The Sabian brand, it's like I have... Well, number one, they're they're like the preferred uh, symbol of my favorite drummer in the whole wide world, which is Neil Peart from Rush. Mm. But there is something I have noticed between Sabian and Zildjian and Peisty and all these other brands. Sabians just have this crisp, clear sound that spans regardless of the cymbal size, it has this tone that I just love. Every time I hit a cymbal from Sabian, it just gives me this power rush of pleasure. Like it's just it's one of the the greatest brand names as far as a musical instrument that I've ever played.
1: And what's up with cymbal companies um having basically hardly pronounceable uh, brand names?
0: Oh my gosh. Good <laughs> what's Lord. Up it's with like that? why don't they just call 'em like Bash. Right. Or...
1: <laughs> That's a great one. I love that, it. Bash
0: would be a great symbol name. I, yeah. I don't know. That, I that is. I think because they're made uh, in the Middle East for the most part, oh. or at least they were in the beginning, and it sounds very uh, Middle mm-hmm. Eastern and exotic and symbolish.
1: Mm-hmm. See, there's that word exotic again. This is going to be the exotic it podcast. Is the,
0: it is the exotic podcast. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite brand?
1: I put four that oh, like, are like our brands. I just I really love, and that is Roku. I really love them. And I talk about them a bit just because they actually did, you know, make things easier. And Netflix, which obviously goes hand in hand with, with Roku now, obviously obviously to everyone now, but other brands that um, I love a lot is uh, Volvo and Audi. When I first was thinking to myself, okay, what brands do I really love? I have an endearing love for some kind of a true relationship type of thing. And even before I owned a Volvo and owned an Audi, I had a a love for these brands and I find that super interesting. And yeah, we're going to talk a lot today. I want to talk about a a research that I read. It's actually from 1998, but I read it really early in my uh, marketing career. And even now in 2017, I can't think of a better journal article for anyone in marketing to read than this. I literally have not stumbled on something better than it. And so I was like, I couldn't even remember her name, but I was like, oh, I've got to find this. I really want to talk about this in the podcast. And it took me a while to find it again, but I'll put the link to the article in show notes because to me, it's just absolutely fantastic. It's from 1998. It's Susan Fournier. It's her work on brand relationship quality. So like, what does it mean when you say you love, uh, is it Sabian? Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And what does it mean when I say I love Volvo? And, you know, the first thing that came to mind with me is that I loved Volvo before I owned one, but I remember the sales slick when I actually decided to buy our first Volvo. It's basically a shot of a steel gray Volvo up on a rock, and it's obviously around... Monterey, San Jose, you know, not San Jose, I'm sorry, Monterey, Pismo Beach. I mean, it's up there, right, somewhere, Jade Cove, you know, we're in the vicinity, northern California. It's a kind of a more rocky beach, going to be, you know, obviously dangerous and very good surfing below, Sure. sure. you know, and it's like this piece, this print commercial that I saw print ad. Wow. It was basically, it was a steel gray Volvo up on a, like a, a very weathered rock. The guy was just coming back from obviously an early morning surf session. And he's walking back up. There's racks on top of the Volvo cross country 70 and he's bringing up his surfboard back to put back up on the the car and leave. I mean, it's the whole story's been told. Right. And I looked at that. And it's so funny. I'm not a guy. I don't surf. I don't live in northern California. (laughs) You know, I mean, all these things. But something resonated in me and they sold me a lifestyle. Mm. to me it was that zen like if you ha- have this Volvo if you if you belong to this class of people who drive this particular vehicle you have the mornings to yourself you right. can do something that is med- uh, meditative you know you can do something that is a Zen meditation for you and you are the master of your morning in the quietness. And you, you know, it's like, it's smacked of freedom and of maybe even, I wouldn't even say eccentricity so much as, as carving your own path and being a little bit on the, my life, you know, right, kind of side. Right. it's so funny because wow. I you know nothing else It is it, what that brand stood for. And it you know, connected to me and yeah. I bought it
0: (laughs) totally encapsulated everything that you that you loved about the experience of having your car.
1: Right. And this is what everybody is still talking about. It's not getting over in marketing, but about consumers and the relationships to brands. And so what she did was actually I should say this was in the uh, the Journal of Consumer Research. And the actual title of the article is called Consumers and Their Brands uh, Developing Relationship Theory in Consumer Research.
0: Interesting.
1: And it was like she was she started by talking was like, oh, everybody's already talking about like how to get people to love brands and what they're doing with the brands because they love them. What You know, how to get loyalty, you know, improve it and stuff like that. She's like, but we've not really talked about the bottom. Let's prove what is the quality of the brand relationship. What does it come from? Right. What's the brand personality? What like, for example, what is it that resonated in that print ad to me? It is the same thing as me loving to iron. And not have anybody bother me. Like, for example, another thing I love is nobody talking to me when I open the mail. Oh, really? Love that. So these, Interesting. But, but listen, you know how strange that is. Along with strange that I like to iron, that I find that of Zen meditation, right. these are things that you know. I'm sorry, you can't just put out there. Oh, okay, we're going to go after the demographic of crazy people who like to iron their sheets. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But you know, understanding consumers and things that they really do love and things that resonate, it, they their personality plays into. Why they choose your brand and what what is it that your brand is offering, and so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what this research says, and a couple of i, I let's just talk back and forth a little bit about it because I think. So many people understand what we're talking about, but I think what's underneath, like the immediate layer, is so much more interesting. Okay, so have you thought much about why you love certain brands? That have you? Well, have you yes, about?
0: absolutely. I, I actually, uh, one of the, uh, I have a three-part brand that I love, three different brands, but I love them for similar but different reasons. Like okay. I love, I love Chick fil A. Okay. I love Jack in the Box. And I love Carl's Jr.
1: Okay, why I, are three? Uh, how three out of four of yours uh, fast food places? Well, why are but, two two of mine uh, cars? <laughs>
0: <laughs> because when I'm in my car, I usually stop at a fast food place so to go. going to Northern California. <laughs> but I love Chick Fil A because their food is it's good. I wouldn't say it's the best chicken I've ever had in my life, mm-hmm. but I love their dedication to service. It's <laughs> like. Every time I've walked into a Chick-fil-A, I feel like I am the long-lost son who has finally come home, and it's like... They are happy to see me. They say, "It's my pleasure to do this. What else can I do for you?" And when I'm sitting there eating my chicken sandwich and looking around like these people are hustling and they love what they're doing. It's not like some 14-year-old kid who who would rather be playing Mario Brothers. Right. People are cleaning like the bottom of the trash cans and refilling stuff and they're happy and they're smiling. It's like, honestly, their level of attention to customer service is one of the most amazing things to me. And that's, I think, why I love the Chick-fil-A brand. Now, the other two, Carl's Jr., or for you East Coasters, Hardee's, and Jack in the Box, I love Carl's Jr. because they are so raw and in your face with their advertising. And yes, I know people give them so much crap for their overly sexually innuendoed commercials. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I get it. I get what they're doing. It's like they are they are playing to like the lowest common denominator <laughs> of of men's base instinct, and I mm-hmm. I have just found that so interesting that in this day and age of political correctness and all that, they're taking an opposite approach and really going back to that sex sells. I get that, mm-hmm. and they just keep throwing it out there. And I think some of them are really funny about it. Some of them are like super low class. But I, I like what they do, and I appreciate the fact that they continually make new and interesting, and obviously heart attack inducing sandwiches. Right. I just think that's amazing to me, and I love Jack in the Box for their commercials. I love oh, the Jackhead.
1: Yeah, the Jackhead. That's pretty funny. But you know what's so funny? I could not be more opposite to you. I like have no respect for like some of these brands. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. You know what? I'll say one thing about Chick-fil-A, which will make me incredibly unpopular. But hey, you know, I'm so unpopular about others sure. because I'm that's just over right. it. But Chick-fil-A, you know what's so funny? All those things you say about it, and that's what everybody says about it. And I'm not trying to just be contrary, but there's something that makes me uncomfortable with their brand. I feel like they try too hard.
0: Oh, really? And
1: it's that lack of subtlety that sometimes, to me, smacks of a hustle. Mm. And I, you know, on the other hand, I do like to be treated nicely. <laughs> and why not? Why do you, you know, why do you have to be treated horribly at, at fast food? So I, I do love, like, their culture and the uh, right. that, what they stand for. I think it's when it gets pushed into the marketing and it's kind of like it starts feeling to me like, well, where's your flair? Right, you right, 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 flare? right, right, It almost starts feeling fascist to me.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> you know? That's I've never heard anyone say that. I mean, I get what you're saying because right. I've been in places where it feels like I'm being pushed into serenity. Right. Rather, rather than invited.
1: Uh, Yanni. Anyway. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I think also, you know, I have been around uh, (laughs) culture, you know, been in Central America a lot and uh, the culture of maids and servants and things like this. And some of those things make me very uncomfortable. Uh, I do love it. Like in El Salvador, for example, the way that they say, you're welcome. Like if you say thank you for something, their response is para servirle, which means I'm here to serve you. Oh, wow. You don't say that just in Spanish. You'd say, you know, gracias. And they say de nada. It was nothing. Well, that's right. typical in most Spanish-speaking places. But culturally, you'll hear it different in throughout Central America. And that's what they say in El Salvador. And it is very much a, I'll serve you. Here I am. It's my pleasure. Um, in France, they say, avec plaisir. It's been my pleasure. It's with pleasure that I do this. And so there is different cultural nuances to it. It's just, for me, sometimes I feel like that. I always grimace or wince at the forced service, I guess. Mm. And so it makes me a little uncomfortable. I, so I'm not saying I don't like it. I don't think they have cultural values or things. And it It is awesome. And I do think also training young people to have that mindset and not just, oh, it's fast food. No, it's a job. If it's a job and it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And I I appreciate a lot about that. But kind of that, oh, it just sometimes it makes me a little uncomfortable. But
0: that's true. Just uh, to add a tag in into the end of this, it's I get that. And I hate it when I like like you said, it feels like there's an underlying hustle. Mm-hmm. Going on, kind of like, hey buddy, how you doing? It's great to see you. You know, they put the armor around your shoulder. You feel like you got to take a shower, kind of thing.
1: Okay, this. Okay, let me bring up two other things I want to say about that. Go, go, go. Radio go. Shack. I don't remember. This is like in the 80s. There was a com- stand-up comedian who talked about Radio Shack started doing this thing about consumer connection. And so at the end, um, I think it was Jake Johansson. Actually, he went in to go buy a nine volt, which is you know the only place you can buy that is right. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> And then he asked for his home phone number and his address, and he's like, No, no, our relationship's over. (laughs) Okay, but I I have so many other great things I want to say, so I got to move faster. But that also makes me very unnerved at restaurants when the waiter comes up and says, Okay, my name is so and so. And I just inside myself just go, Ugh. And I know it's like, I know it doesn't make me sound like I'm a terrible, unpolite person or whatever, but I'm seriously (laughs) thinking there. I just don't have any more of myself to give right
0: now. Oh, oh I, I see like, what you're saying. Seriously, okay, I, yeah.
1: I don't have. I don't have anything more to manage this relationship. Could I just unhear your name and we could just go on? A
0: see, I think you would love it when we finally get to that age of robots.
1: Oh my god, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to where you don't? I mean, I get it because you're extremely sociable, and it's like you give every single minute. And there is sometimes when you just want to sit back. And receive.
1: Right. Well, this explains why I need to wear a T-shirt that says, this life brought to you by Amazon. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Which is another brand that I love.
1: Oh, yeah. I do love Amazon. I love Zappos, too. Yeah, Zappos Zappos. is really good.
0: I would like them, too.
1: Okay, so in, anyhow, in this article, it really puts the underlying understanding about people and like really, it's it's not just like what motivates them to buy. Okay, that's interesting. Right. But what do these brands do for you? Like for me, I had an ex- existential, existential, yeah, I almost said that, right? Existential. Existential, yeah. Existential, <laughs> it's hard to say early in the morning. Uh, existential <laughs> need somehow that I didn't really understand, but it was subconscious to basically tap into. This lifestyle—they sold me a lifestyle, this mm. image. So, you will be—and it, and it is. And some of it was a socio-economic thing. Obviously, it's not a cheap car, right? You know. Right socioeconomic thing, but also that, which is one of my main values, carve your own life out. That is one of my main deep seated values that I hold to personally. And so that ad represented that for me, but it goes through and it does three amazing case studies. And I'm not joking. If you read this, you will not be able to put it down. And it talks about these three different people's lives. And then what are the relationships that they have with the brands and why they're loyal or why they have, or do they think about these brands and do they repeat the stories? And it comes from grounded Theory research, which is my favorite kind of research. I mean, obviously, my my degrees in cultural anthropology, so I do like to know sociologically what, how are people getting this information. So, and also, I'm a huge fan of it. Brené Brown is a grounded theorist. It's where you don't go in expecting something; you just listen to people and you let them tell you what's going on, as opposed to some research that's like hypothetical, you know, and and the, uh, um, hypothesis driven. I believe this happens. To consumers, prove me right or wrong. No don't go in with anything. Grounded theory just goes in, and kind of sub, submerges oneself into the the study and just lets the things emerge that emerge. You oh, learn you learn interesting. from staying so, I like that, but it made me think about how we have relationships with brands, what are the nature of our love relationships we have, but um, it made me remember back when Friends was on. Oh, yes, right. You never got into that phenomenon, did you? Me neither, no, absolutely not. I remember people talking to me about, and I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong, I remember Chandler, Mm -hmm. what were some of the other names?
0: Monica. Monica. Uh,
1: okay. Well, that's good enough. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think it was the guy, anyway. David ugh.
0: Schwimmer's character. I, yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah. Name. Anyway,
1: we're going to get killed, you know, by other people. Oh yeah. There'll be, they will
0: be a uh, hate mail. <laughs> yeah, coming.
1: exactly. But people like would talk with me about them sometimes. Like we'd be in a coffee shop, we'd be at Starbucks and hanging out with friends and people would talk about, oh, well, cause remember when Monica, blah, blah, blah. And I realized people really felt like they were friends with those people. Yes. You know, and I yes. was like, that is so, is the so, cra-? at first I thought it was so crazy. But now I had to admit, when I closed the page, the last page of three major books of the trilogy of the uh, Lord of the Rings, I had a hard time coming to grips with the fact that these were not real people. <laughs> right. No, you know what? That is so
0: funny. I The day after the season premiere of The Walking Dead for season seven, which I don't know if you watch it or not. I don't think you do, right? No, I don't. All right. Well, it was one of the most brutal, and let's just say a beloved, uh, two beloved characters, but one more so, like, got their heads bashed in with a barbed wire-covered baseball bat. And it was one of the most <laughs> brutal episodes ever. And, like, Anne and I, I mean, you know what, I really like the show. So I'm vested in the characters. Anne, meh, not so much, but she was, like, jaw hanging open kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The next day I went to the BMW dealer to get my car worked on. Everyone everyone from the moment I walked in that door from the sales counter to the to the uh service writers Everybody was walking around going, "Did you watch The Walking Dead?" Oh my god, I can't believe this person! Mm. Died. It's like, and it was like you would have you would have swore it was like somebody's plane went down and one of the most beloved characters in America right. was killed, <laughs> and they were like actually like heartbroken and wrenched into that. So like, I mean, I get it, and it's so funny how we get involved into fictional characters' lives, and that but that's part of the brand.
1: It is, yeah. Thing,
0: well, and I there, love that.
1: It's fulfilling, so we have to look at that, like how do brands, and it's You know, we're talking about how do we make that leap there with, you know, friends, those those relationships, those false relationships. Right. Right. How did, right. They, they're fulfilling something. And for example, for the for the example for me about um, the Volvo is that it was giving me a sense of elevated social status. Right. Oh. That's one of the things that can happen. Why do we have relationship with things or with people or brands or whatever it is? Because there is one thing with brands. People would say, well, it just works the best. OK, that's a functional reward. That comes from things like, for example, there's a functional reward for me with Roku because it really was simple. I'm not a tech person. And if you want, you know, they make products where they make untechy people be able to handle them, right? Right. So right. there's functional rewards. And then there's another layer of brand relationship and brand love, which is elevated social status. And I, I can't think of a better example of that than Apple. Because they're absolute fanatics. I'm pretty well a fanatic, but they have at different times had functional rewards that you're like, oh, it's clearly it's a better product. But there's been ebbs and flows with that. And when they do not have a functional reward, a functional benefit, maybe something's going wrong with something at Apple, or it's not necessarily that they're wrong. It's that the other companies catch up to them. Which happens right. every once in a while. And one would argue that it depends on where you <laughs> fall on the spectrum. But, and it will continue to happen. Well, where another operating system will beat them out in a particular respect, right? And, right. and on one hand, it's better to use the Android. On one hand, it's used better to use a PC. On one hand. So there's constantly this conversation going back and forth in our society. So, functional reward cannot always be relied upon. The elevated social status is something that Apple has absolutely connected with. So much so. This is so funny. But how many cars do you see driving around with an Apple sticker on it? Oh, tons of them. All right? The Where people place on stuff. And this is so funny. So, I buy a lot of iPad 2s for promotional types of things. And then I just got the new, uh, you know, a couple months ago, I got the new 7 Plus, right? So I get that and it's you know comes of course it's like the rose gold it's all beautiful I'm like Haha, you know and I love it but I'm not really a tech person so I have someone else fix it for me bring it hand this back to me when it's ready please right, right. so I'm I don't love it because of the technical side I love it because it's easy but it had a sticker in there again and it was so funny because it was actually very hard for me mentally to throw the sticker away Really and I, this. It's so funny. I kept trying to do it. It is still sitting on my desk. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't put stickers on stuff. I have an Audi A4 convertible. I'm not going to put a sticker on it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> i can't. But you can't, I, but you can't throw not.
0: that little half bitten apple out of there. I
1: don't know. I haven't. Been, and, and I just found it to be an interesting moment for me, especially as a marketer, that I couldn't bring myself to throw that away, even though I knew I wasn't. Where, where was I going to put that? Well, so no... tell
0: me this: What was it? What were the feelings that were going through your head when you were thinking about throwing it away?
1: Well, first of all, it's very beautiful. I mean, it is high quality. I know this is going to be funny, but I deal with a lot of collateral. I deal with a lot of paper, of gloss, a lot of foil, a lot of you know these kinds of things. And, and it is a very high end sticker. Of course, when you're buying millions of them, of course you can get a really high end sticker. But sure. I appreciated the quality of the promotional item. I also appreciated how subtle it was. It does it doesn't say mm. I love Apple or Macintosh rules or you know it wasn't like that and that's one of those things that I like I that's revealing a value about brands that I love they're not in your face brands oh. and I like that subtlety I like that kind of I guess you would say elitism. Right, right. Right? right, I mean, I'm just being fair to myself. I'm an elite snob, so sorry. But, for example, a lot of times people like certain brands. I don't really like carrying a brand for the brand itself, and purses are a really good example. I am apt to pay a lot of money for a purse, Not necessarily, like I have a a great Kate Spade. Go down the list of brands that I really love. I'm more apt to buy them because literally it's when people finally actually put good quality into things, right? Yes. But I cannot lie and say there's not also something about, okay, why would I want a Louis Vuitton? You know what? I really have no desire. I don't like that look, that pattern, that Louis Vuitton thing. But every once in a while, I've been tempted to buy one. Because I'm like, well, that's a status symbol. And it's interesting. I enjoy the process of just listening to myself of whether I want to buy that or not. Do I love it? Because it's fueling something else. And that's fine if at the end I go, no, this is a status symbol, Priscilla. This is something that you feel that you, I wouldn't say need, but that you desire and that you like to walk into a business event and oh, the guys don't care. But all the women are like, oh man, that is the best purse I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? Right.
0: Well, it's like a guy with a Rolex watch. Yeah, exactly.
1: We need to just not deny what we're getting out of the brands, but that's what that relationship is about. So here's a couple yeah. of questions that we we won't necessarily answer about these things, but these are things that we should ask ourselves about brands, like how often do we use a particular brand? Oh, to understand wow. our love and our relationship with it. If you think about, you know, Apple, I, you know, you use it every three minutes
0: right, unless you're right.
1: podcasting and you really try and not look at it. <laughs> 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 you know? um, but, you know, do you evangelize for that brand? I've been, I oh. around a lot of the times that I'm a I'm a Trello evangelist. They don't pay yep. me. They don't, you know, it has just done something so remarkable in my life organizationally that I really evangelize for them, right? Are Do you exclusively use that brand? So for example, mm. do you have an iPhone but then you use a PC at home. So are you through and through to that brand? You know, Mm, so that's kind of an interesting question. And then another thing that I found really interesting was who introduced you to the brand? Because if this is someone in your life that you really looked up to, maybe there's more status that comes from it or advice. Uh, This, this is really interesting. My business coach, Christine Kane, she's friends with the guy who owns Bulletproof coffee and I love Bulletproof coffee. I love Bulletproof products. I had, learned about it before I met her but then when I was out with her at a retreat she really was like hey you guys really this is so it's so good for you nutritionally and she's just really a believer and she was evangelizing she's become friends with him or whatever but it was out of a real genuineness of loving the brand and I thought that's so interesting had I not already known the brand that would have been the kind of endorsement that would have really kicked it up a lot of notches for me. Right. And so right. I find I found that interesting. And I'd I have to stop for just one second to say I think that what I'm getting at is that I do appreciate a life where we're not controlled by brands, like we're not controlled by logos. In fact, you know, my husband has a no logo rule. He doesn't let me buy clothing for him that has logos on it. <laughs> <laughs> it, and I say that, and then I thought, wait a minute, there is change, like uh, vintage logos, or and this is what's so funny. We don't own motorcycles. This is so funny. But he does have shirts that say Triumph or Norton. Oh, really? It's so funny. But why is that? There's something about that, like I'm a little bit of an Anglophile. you
0: know? So. Yeah, well, I think it's the nostalgic it part is. of it. And there's there's a certain, uh, but again, there's a certain status involved status, with
1: that. And I find it funny. And so I realized <laughs> I've lived 24 years and I've been married to him. And I, and I realized I've lived in this no logo world with him and it's just it's second nature to me if it says a brand or even like an eagle for American Eagle or a Izod right. the Lacoste right. I don't buy those because he's right. not like that and he has a, a he doesn't feel that that's right that he they should be paying him to wear that. Right. Right. Okay. So anyway, he has a little bit of his own personal convictions about that. But I know that. So I don't buy those things for him. But they talk about people who are really susceptible to suggestion and, and who are controlled by marketing. And this is kind of the, the thing. This is the battle. Like our marketers telling you what to do or are consumers in control. And obviously, I think what a lot of people have been talking about is that consumers are beginning to win the battle finally. Right. Um, and that has a lot to do with I talk about in content marketing and we're, we're, we're being able to turn ads off. We can buy Sirius XM. We can skip through commercials. We need all these things. And consumers are finding a way to really get back in control where they were not in control. But I find it that the people who say, oh, yeah, I don't do that just because of the commercial the moment that you are in denial and you think you are not being controlled by someone else's message and someone else's instruction is the moment that you are now susceptible. Right. And right. Marketer, it's almost
0: like you. It's almost like the other guy blinked.
1: Exactly. And I. And I yeah. think that as a marketer. I'm trying to do things that truly help people's problems. <laughs> I, I don't want to create a need and I'm, I want to market things that genuinely are connecting with people. And so I am sensitive about marketing that just tries to manipulate. I hate it. Consumers yes. hate it. Let's walk away from it. But consumers need to be smart and realize that they set their lives up sometimes to be manipulated. Now, we're all manipulated. Manipulation is a good thing too. Our laws are manipulating me to not murder someone. So right, that's right. a good thing. And, and the consequences that we have socially make me still go get my driver's license and keep it current. Right. So I am being manipulated. Everybody's being manipulated. But I think it's important to be clear about why you're you're doing things. And then that way you really can control your life. So what I love our listeners to do is talk about like your brand portfolio, like what are the brands that are in your life what are the messages they're giving you? What are the values that they're they're giving you? And what do they say about you? What kind of relationship are they? And, you know, mm. it's really interesting. At the end of this journal article, she was kind of talking about different relationships. Think about an arranged marriage. Okay. How do we feel about arranged marriage just as a relationship? Okay. It's been forced on me. I could learn to love it. It's really something out of habit. I don't have a choice. Right. This kind of stuff. Well, think about a brand where you've had an arranged marriage. OK, this is oh. what my parents, you know, my mom always used mop and glow. So this is what I use. <laughs> this has been already arranged for me Right. or my husband. You know, this is not true, but my husband's mom always used Tide. So he likes that smell. He, I can't use anything else. He right. Never lets me buy anything else from it. Th- that kind of stuff. That's an arranged marriage where you've just been put in a relationship with a brand and you, it's been arranged by other people. So there's some orchestration, but you're in it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Then there's the things like what are you brand is your as a brand your best friend. I think about a best friend is something like there's reciprocation. You do this for me and I'll show up for you for this. It gives me what I need when I need it and then I give loyalty back to it. Right. 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 Okay. Here's a couple of other interesting ones. She gives the rebound relationship. I love it. It's like uh, the idea of like using my mom did nothing but force us to clean every Saturday with Comet. I'll never use Comet. <laughs> you know? Right. So right. these are like out of defiance or rebellion or a response to a breakup. Maybe maybe in a previous marriage you used Tide and now absolutely you're not going to. Right. You know? right. Or an old boyfriend loved the Seahawks. So no way in hell are you going to like that brand right <laughs> you know stuff like this so that's interesting i found one though um to be really interesting and that was the relationship of enslavement and this is mm, I, and this this comes that's an up,
0: interesting way to put that
1: yeah this comes up um most often in like utilities where people just you don't have a choice like this is the only one that's offered where you are right you're in a enslaved relationship to them. You can't live without the thing. It's providing something to you that you're unwilling to live without, wow. but you don't have a choice. So you're in a, in a relationship with that brand, but it's really a slavery relationship. Wow.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So what I hope to accomplish from this, like, okay, think about things that you love. This is why, you know, I I thought this was a fun topic, first of all, but think about things that we love about our life and in our life and the relationships and those kinds of things. But please don't think that you don't have those same feelings. We're still people about brands. And I think it is important to understand what is the value of our relationship with brands so that we're not controlled by them in one way, but that we see them for what they are. Right. But it is an interesting question to look at the sum of your life because our life is so constantly involved in brand relationships, relationships with brands, relationship with other people and their relationship to brand. What do we think about them because they're carrying that Kate Spade bag?
0: Right. Well, you know, that's so true. And I mean, it really does start the moment you wake up in the morning. I mean, regardless of how you wake up, whether it's on your phone or an alarm clock, you bought an alarm clock or a phone for a specific reason. You get up, you go to the bathroom, you get your toothpaste. It's like you like that brand because it's familiar or you've used it since you were a kid. And it just continues on throughout the day. And I think that's so fascinating when you think about the brands that you use. Mm-hmm. Why you use them, and think think about how it was marketed to you, or or, or whatever the spectrum is yeah. on that. But that's so true. I never really thought that that a brand could be like a arranged marriage or something like that. That's <laughs> I, th- I think that's such an interesting way to look at it.
1: Yeah. So, and I, I end the podcast by saying this is that I do think consumers are winning, and I do think we have so much more choice about what brands we want to work with. And like for example, you mentioned the Hardys type of thing. Those they're not, that's not in alignment with my values. So I'm not going to choose that. And I'm going to consciously not go there because that's something that I, I don't want more of that in the world. So I think it's about making those decisions, decisions, consciously, And more than anything, as I've always said, self-reflection is worth it. Living a life that you're carving out is worth it. But please understand that brands are a part of our lives and that we can make these decisions. So get conscious about your brand portfolio and how you interact with things. And then that, I believe, will lead you to a more authentic life.
0: I think that is so true. And also that uh, just because you eat the triple cheeseburger with bacon prosciutto barbecued <laughs> rib burger does not mean hot chicks are going to love you.
1: Right. right. Well, question question their authority, please.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, listeners, of course, we want to hear what your favorite brands are. And as you think about this, like what comes up for you? would love to hear your experiences with brands, how you got to be in that brand or why you love that brand.
1: Speaking of brands you love, one of the things I'd like to ask for, and it's just an authentic request from me, if you like this podcast, then go out to iTunes and give us a review. Obviously, I'd love five stars, but tell me what you really think about our show, and I'd love to hear some feedback, but out in digital world and podcasting world, ratings on iTunes are really the currency. So if you love this brand, let us know.
0: So as always, you can uh, send us your comments questions and whatnot to our facebook page to the little bird website or wherever you downloaded this podcast from so for ponderings from the perch the little bird marketing company podcast this is Dan Ledminter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day